0: This is the Fail Fast Podcast, stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up with your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today we have with us Shelly Willingham. She is a serial entrepreneur and a business strategist with over 20 years of corporate and small business experience. In 2003, Shelley founded the National Organization for the Diversity in Sales and Marketing. In 2006, she partnered with Fortune Magazine on a special diversity section highlighting her work in this space. Uh, she went to found uh, Visions and Passion International. This is in 2017. She joined the uh, diversity movement. She is the VP of business strategy. Uh, she is also currently launching something uh pretty soon actually the two projects i believe but we'll get into that uh here with shelly so shelly welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me glad to be here
0: i'm glad that you are here so it's a big pleasure having you here And, and there's going to be so much to talk about so you started over 20 years ago uh how did you get into business
1: So when I went to college, I, you know, I think it's interesting how we expect people that are 18 years old to make decisions about what they're going to do for the rest of their life. (laughs) Um, And I really had no clue. So first, I said, okay, I'm going to be an attorney. And then junior year I'm like I don't want to be an attorney and so all my friends are going to grad school and business school and I did not know what I wanted to do so I actually my first job Now this is not on my resume or linkedin or anywhere cuz I don't really share this it's a secret but my first job was at a place called great expectations and that's dating me a whole lot but great expectations was a video dating service wow. <laughs> so basically um yeah that shows you how old I am but it was a video dating service and so I was selling a membership I would sell uh, Um, You know, people would come in, they'd buy a $1,500 membership to be able to access our library of people that they could date. So um, that's where I really kind of found out I was really good at sales. And um, my first official job that goes on the resume was with Pitney Bowes, and I was selling um, mailing equipment for Pitney Bowes. And so doing really well in sales. And then I started looking at all these quotas that I was breaking and thinking, you know, I can do this for myself. So I started um, a sales and marketing consultancy, if you will, called Creative Strategies Unlimited in the early 2000s. That was to help sales leaders build their sales teams, do sales training, um, create compensation plans, things of that nature. And then that kind of shifted into more of a marketing aspect. And so one of the clients that I had was looking for ways to market more effectively to the Hispanic segment. There were a lot of Hispanics that were moving into the area where I lived, and I couldn't find anything to help support that effort, short of just putting something in Spanish, right? So that's when I created the National Organization for Diversity in Sales and Marketing and started helping corporations recognize the increased purchasing power they that, that diverse segments had and how if they weren't marketing and selling to these groups effectively, they were leaving money on the table. And so by opening the door that way, that led to more conversations around diversity and inclusion. And that's kind of how I ended up. It's my first business that I started that was super successful, got me into fortune, but also I lost everything that I had from that business in 2007, eight, when the market crashed and had to figure out what I was gonna do next.
0: Oh, so 2007 was was not very good for a lot of people throughout the world, 2007 and eight. So yeah. do you mind sharing with us like what happened to you during that time?
1: Absolutely, so at the time, business was going very well. I had like 15 people working for me, business was great. And my largest client at that time was Merrill Lynch, and they made up 75% of my business. So the first tip I would give any entrepreneur listening to me is never let one company make up so much (laughs) of your business. Um, But they were bought out by Bank of America. And with all that stuff that happened in 2007, diversity, multicultural programming, all those things stopped being a priority. So I had these 15 people working for me that trusted me, that depended on me to feed and take care of their families. So, I cashed out my retirement. I didn't pay myself. Um, I used my savings to continue to pay them for as long as I could until there was no money left. And so, when I say no money left, I mean, I was broke, broke. Not rich people broke down to my last $100,000, but I was broke, broke. And so, during the time of building my business, my husband and I built our dream house and had a kid and dream vacations. Everything was fantastic. And all of that went away. And so I was living in a house, there were so many foreclosures back then. So I was living in a house for like two years and hadn't made a mortgage payment. And I remember just trying to figure out what is going to be my next, driving a Mercedes that I hadn't made a payment on, make sure I parked it in the garage every night so the repo man didn't come get it. And I remember driving to social services and parking in the farthest back end of the parking lot. So no one would see me because I didn't want them to think I was trying to scam social services. I was trying to get help to support my family. So it was a very, very dark time. And I remember thinking, okay, what is my next going to be? And when I think about my business, that when it was at its height, I was traveling a lot. So I would get on a plane on Sunday, maybe come back on Friday. At the time, my son was three years old. And I can remember him standing in the doorway watching me pack and often crying. And so I said to myself, whatever I do next, it has to be something that doesn't take me away from my family because I'm also in the middle at this point of my marriage falling apart. So everything was kind of happening at one time. And um, I made the decision to coach and help other small business owners and entrepreneurs on a couple of things. One, I can show you how to build a business from absolutely nothing, but I can also show you all the mistakes that I made. And show you how not to do that. And so if anyone had ever told me I'd be coaching or helping entrepreneurs, I'd be like, yeah, right. But that's kind of what that journey led me to do. And I am absolutely loving every minute of
0: it. What a, what an incredible story. And that just goes to tell you that not that you already didn't know that, but we never know what's going on inside yeah. somebody, somebody's closed doors, right? right. They they could have be all smiles outside driving the Mercedes like you, but oh, only... Only they know, right? What's really going on. How did you feel during that time? Is that Did you have a big ego? So did you uh, suffer from that? Or did you, I don't know, did you feel shame? Or was it like, okay, I'll get back. I'll get back up soon.
1: Oh, gosh, that's such a great question. I, yes, to all the above. (laughs) Ego, I think was, you know, it's interesting, because when that happened, it forced me to really spend some time and analyze who I was and what was important to me. And you mentioned how we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. So I was still trying to keep on, the, keep up the facade as much as I could. So there was only a, maybe one or two people that actually knew what I was going through because I was ashamed. I'm like, no. this isn't supposed to happen to me. I did all the right things. I you know, went to the right schools. I, this is not supposed to happen to me. And then I really had to get quiet and still with myself and admit some things that I didn't really want to admit to myself. Number one, I realized that chasing money, that's what I was doing. I was chasing money. I wanted to have the biggest house with my friends. I want to drive the best car with my friends. And I didn't think that I was that person that cared so much about what people thought. And when I came to terms with that and realized that's not really who I am or who I want to be and really evaluated my core values and how I wanted to live my life moving forward, I realized that chasing money and all of those things were not going to be what makes me happy. What's going to make me happy is really following my heart, my passion and doing those things that I love and the money will come and it'll show up as long as you are being true to yourself. So that experience, it was horrible, Um, but I wouldn't change anything about it because it did, you know, I wasn't confident that I was going to bounce back. Quite honestly, I didn't know, you know, I actually went and took a job for like 12 months. And I said, well, I said, I was going to take it for 12 months. I was there for five years. And so for any entrepreneur that's out there right now, And you're struggling or facing a setback, just because you have to detour doesn't mean you're not an entrepreneur. And sometimes certain things have to happen in certain ways for you to value it in a way that helps you to do your next. And so all of these things that have happened to me, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world because then I wouldn't be where I am right now. So all of it had a lot of meaning.
0: So when you you did get that job that you planned to have only for 12 months, was that the job that you wanted or the job that only because you needed it?
1: It was just because I needed it. I didn't want to work for anybody else. I just wanted to start another business. But at that time, you know, like I mentioned earlier, my marriage was falling apart. I, you know, I have kids. And so I had to do what was best for my family. And so I took the job. I hated it, (laughs) but, um, but it was valuable. It was a valuable part of my journey. And so again, sometimes we have to step back and do things we don't necessarily want to do, to help us continue on the path forward for things that we can't even see that might be coming.
0: Okay. Got it. And it, it it really hit home. A lot of the things that you said, and one of them is something that we hear often that when you stop doing things for the money, or you stop pursuing the money, that's when you actually feel fulfilled. And that's when the money actually comes to you. And I always heard that, but Between, no, not between me and you, because there's a lot of people (laughs) listening, but I used to think that's a bunch of BS, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Give me the money. Let me show you how.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Give me the money that I'll tell you. But uh, the truth is when things changed in my life and I had different priorities, that's when it actually started to feel good and the money started coming in, but it is not that... uh, at no point did I not like money. I always did. I just didn't go do it for, for it. And so for those that are listening that hear this all the time, um, I don't think it's a coincidence. Right? I don't think it's coincidence. I, because I did think uh, maybe that person did like, okay, Bill Gates, he did what he liked. Coincidentally, it turned out to be a good trend and he made a lot of money. So uh it's often not a coincidence. It's, it's the way it's meant to be. So right. um, now, when did you realize, Kelly, that, okay, things are going to be okay? Or did it take a long time or how did it go for you?
1: So, um, and, you know, for me, I would, I remember sitting outside on my uh, deck and when things were really bad, like, you know, the IRS is calling because I owe the IRS money. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the banks are calling because I them. And it was just, it was bad. And I remember sitting on my porch, and whenever I would do that, I would always see a butterfly. Always see a butterfly every time that I felt like things were at their lowest. And it, and if you, if my personal logo now has a butterfly at the end of it, because that was kind of my sign that things were going to be okay. Um, it was scary. And it's interesting when you're going through this stuff, you really don't think that you're just trying to make it from day to day, but it was very, very scary. And so I was just trying to do what I knew at the time to get me and my family out of the hole that we were in. When I was at that company that I told you about that I was supposed to be there for 12 months and was there for mm-hmm. five years, I was like, it, "It's maybe it's just not meant for me to, to go back out on my own. Maybe it's just not to be. So I did have those feelings of doubt and insecurity. And I think that's normal. And so, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to do, because you talked about shame, I was shameful, but that was keeping me in bondage, if, if that makes sense. So my transparency with people and telling my story, I feel like it helps, or I wanted to help people realize we all go through struggles. We all go through things that are hard to handle. So please don't look at the highlight reels of people's lives and think, "Oh, everything is all together," because that's not how it goes. So I am quick to tell you that I struggled. It was hard. I wanted to give. I wanted to give up, but I had to fight my way through that and understand that, you know, things may not be the way I envisioned, but I have to be faithful and understand and know that things are still going to turn out well for me if I continue to press forward. I continue to have faith. And do those things like you mentioned that set my priorities in the right direction. Everything will line up the way that it's supposed to. I didn't get there overnight. That took a lot of mirror talk, right? That you know, inner work and trying to make you know to get myself through that dark time. So if you're if you're listening and you're going through a dark time, if something is happening in your business, in your family, in your life, you just got to hold on and believe that. Any, anything can happen. Miracles can happen. You have to believe that and trust that and just continue to do the best that you can do. and Don't be too hard on yourself.
0: I love that. Wow. So tell us now a little bit about um, your venture after that, which yeah. was uh, Vision and Passion International. I, I don't know if, if I'm in the right timeline, but is this yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay.
1: That's good. So, um, so toward the end of my five year stint at that business, I was like enlightened with what I wanted to do next. And that was um, I wanted to create a company, a business, Vision and Passion International, but under this umbrella, just focus on projects and things that I love, that I enjoy. That was it. And under that umbrella, I have Douglas Alexandra, which is a digital marketing firm. Douglas is my son's middle name and Alexandra is my daughter's middle name. So that's how I came up with the name for that. Um, I'm also launching... A, a women's movement if you will called pretty and powerful but just a movement to help women understand so something happens you don't know this but something happens after 40 with us women so it's really being really comfortable in our skin and not being afraid to be pretty and be all, and be feminine but also walking into our power as well so with covid that was supposed to launch last year but we know how things have gone so hopefully we'll get that launched the way we want to by the end of the summer um, and then next month I have a program launching that's called power your passion and that is to help High-achieving corporate executives smoothly transition into entrepreneurship. So it is a it's a coaching program, and through Vision and Passion International, I also do retreats. Um, I do a lot of speaking engagements, but I'm always focused on the solopreneur, solopreneur, and the small business owner. How can I help them get to the next level? Or if you want to go down that road and just have an idea in your head and can't seem to figure it out, how how to help you actually make it into something that is a viable business? So everything I do really is really focused on wanting to focus on helping others get to the next level and achieve their goals.
0: Okay. Nice. So that vision and passion is a holding for the others. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. And now uh, does that mean that you're using the lessons of your successes and your failures and you're helping others with that? Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. I believe that's exactly what I am here to do. And I had to go through that to be able to do that and be effective.
0: Do you have any regrets? (laughs)
1: yeah you know when I think about you mentioned ego so my business then took off pretty quickly and then you know being able to partner with fortune magazine yeah I thought you know I thought that I was doing, I was doing it right. And I wish that I had gotten a coach at that time or a mentor, but I think that I was so just thinking, Oh, look what you've done on your own. I didn't even consider that. But I, I think that if I had gotten a coach or a mentor, I would have avoided a lot of the pitfalls and a lot of the mistakes that, that I made. But if I didn't again, go through that, then I still wouldn't be here. I think it's, you know, depending on what your beliefs are, God, the universe, but You know, he knows we're going to make a ton of mistakes, but we can be redirected and still be on the path that we're meant to be
0: on. That is, that's fantastic because I often think about that. For one, I do think I should have gotten a mentor earlier because, uh, and it was the ego as well, because I figured, what can he possibly teach me? I've probably done it longer than them. (laughs) Uh, And I used to think that. And uh, so what a waste of time. Let me tell you, what a waste of time. Absolutely. and then, uh, second, I do think. Then, what if I did? Then I wouldn't be where I am today. I, mean, I wonder if if I would have the same family, the same business. Right. right? So, um, I, I guess well, what is done is done. There's, yeah. <laughs> well, and since we can't change it, I guess why why would we regret it? Yeah. You're right. That's <laughs> let's carry on. Yeah. Uh, and now, so Douglas Alexandra is a marketing agency. Yes. Uh, do you do you work with um, retailers or is it mostly online?
1: We focus really for solopreneurs and small business owners. So you know those business owners and. Entrepreneurs that want to have a marketing presence, that want to do marketing campaigns online or offline, but really can't afford the larger firm. So, we really are focused on creating programming and options for them that fit into their budget and also teach them how to do a lot of things on their own so they don't necessarily have to hire someone to do it if they don't need to.
0: Nice. Uh, How are the small retailers doing now with with COVID? I I guess I I do know the answer. They're not doing very well, but Uh, Do you notice a lot of pivots? Are they trying to find ways to to make it work?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we're a digital marketing agency. And so most of our clients are already online. But we have so many companies that are coming to us now. If you did not have an online strategy before COVID, then (laughs) you really need to get one. So, um, you know, we're doing very well. But for those companies, if you're out there brick and mortar, you don't have an online strategy—you really need to consider getting that because that's where your audience is right now. And figuring out how to make those pieces work. So, I think the companies that did have some type of online e-commerce strategy in place are weathering the storm a lot better than companies that just didn't have that in, in place at all. Um, we knew that this was the trend; it just kind of went, came a lot faster with the with COVID coming. So, it's not too late. You can still turn things around. But yeah. definitely, an online strategy is what's going to, what you're going to need to ride to get yeah. out of this pandemic uh, issue.
0: Yeah, I think so. And even if um, even if the vaccine is is the way to yeah. fix this, I still think that but being online, at least having online presence, is the way to the future because there may be more um, yeah. lockdowns for other reasons. Who knows? Yeah. Um, oh. So your your next thing coming up is Power Your Passion. That's the one that's f- predicted to launch next month.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. And what exactly is Power Your Passion?
1: So it is really focused on helping those. So, so here's the thing. When I was working that job and I was only supposed to be at for 12 months, <laughs> I real, I met so many people that, oh, you know, I want to start my own business. But they were reluctant to leave the cushy job, the yeah. salary, the benefits and really didn't know what to do or how to start and i have had so many people that reach out to me to say well how you know how can i do this and kind of have my feet in both worlds if i need to or if i want to jump all the way into entrepreneurship how do i do this so so yeah so that's kind of it was born from that just the need of seeing people that are in corporate america wanting to do something different or getting towards the end of their career and wanting to say, wait, what am I gonna do when I retire? I've always wanted to start this new business. And so helping people figure out what it looks like. If you need to still, you know, you can still be an entrepreneur and have your job. So figuring out how to make that balance or how to plan so that you can use your side hustle, if you will, and turn that into your main hustle. So it will be all about starting from scratch, figuring out what to do and how to easily make that transition from, you know the benefits of a corporate job into entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah. I like it. You know, you know what I did when I had my last job and I had my, my online business that that I've had for a part time for so many years, yeah. uh, it started to get bigger and bigger, but I decided, uh, because I did quit once the, too early. Right. And then what yeah. happens is that the, yeah. the, the business starves because now you need money from your business to pay the rent and for everything else. So uh, ended up not going so well. So I had to go back. Um, and one of the things that I told myself was, "Where are you wasting time? Write down where you're wasting time, and okay. see if you can use that time to add it to your um, to your business." And it was uh, video games, uh, <laughs> movies, Netflix, uh, Facebook, social media, okay. right? So if it's if it's not working for me, uh, right. drop it and use those extra. I think I added up to almost three hours a day wow. that I I could put into my business. And right. others can do that too. So yeah. we don't necessarily have to quit immediately. Right. I use, I use your the job that you don't like to fund the one you to fund it the one you want, right? right. So, <laughs> so Shelly, now before I let you go, tell me something. How are you so often on CNBC? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, um, you know, it's, it's a funny story. So, uh, CNBC. I got a call from CNBC early last year, and I honestly thought it was somebody trying to sell me advertising. So, I didn't return the call. <laughs> <laughs> so then a few weeks later, I get another call. I'm like, they are really persistent about me buying, and a- I'm not buying advertising. And then I get an email from a young lady, and it's if she has her title there. So, I'm like, I'm gonna search her title to see if part of her job is business development. I'm still not in my head thinking. you know, at that level. And finally we had a conversation and she was like, you know, we follow you on social media. Um, you know, we've, you know, read about you, would love to have you come on and talk about, uh, you know, as an expert in your space and talk about certain things on some of our shows. And I was like, okay, great. Still send all the information. I was like, I won't hear from them. And the next week they called and they called again and then they called again. And so, um, you know, I, I think that goes back to that whole transparency thing, right? And just being not being afraid to tell my story, being very open about my journey and things that have happened and what I've encountered and had to overcome. And that authenticity, I think, is serving me well. So um, yeah, huge, huge, I'm very excited about that opportunity. Um, like I said, I was thinking it was something different when they called. But yeah, no rhyme or reason behind that. I don't have a secret in it. Just it just happened. And so that's one of those things that, you know, I think that's a God wink, right? <laughs> You're
0: doing the right things. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's funny that um, a lot of entrepreneurs actually try and try yeah. and try to get on and they follow you and they contact you. So that, that would, right <laughs> that would definitely uh, make you feel good for that. Yeah. Uh, now, what is currently a, of your projects? What is your, like your strongest passion?
1: So yeah, um, Interestingly enough, when you know, I st- my business, the business that I started, the one that got me in fortune, was really focused around diversity and inclusion. And then, um, kind of, you know, when everything happened, kind of veered more often to the private coaching and started a digital marketing agency. But have always had a passion around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so, um, this summer, when everything happened in the United States with uh, George Floyd and the world kind of watched that happened. Um, I was asking myself, what is going to be my role in this, in this journey? I felt like I needed to play a role and actually um, was trying to figure out what that would look like. And I had been contacted by, or, reached, or a, com- a man had reached out to me earlier that year that was um, starting a diversity company. And we were just talking about partnering, doing certain things. But then when that happened, he actually asked me to come join his leadership team. And I was like, well, you know, I've got a business. I'm not looking for a job. He's like, I, understand. I get that, but really want you to be a part. Let's figure out how to make it work. So, you know, thought long and hard about it. Had those flashbacks about, okay, what happened? You know, I went to work for somebody else before, but this was totally different. Great startup. Um, I'm still running my business, but I am really focused on helping to move the needle around diversity, equity, inclusion, especially in corporate America. So that's kind of what my passion is um, right now, along with everything else that I'm doing, but really focused a lot on that.
0: That's great. So now for everybody listening, if they want to follow you like CNBC does (laughs) uh, and me, uh, how would they go to find you and what links do you want people to check out?
1: Yeah, so you can follow me on um, LinkedIn really easy. My name's Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, Willingham. Um, And I'm Shelly Willingham everywhere. So Instagram, it's Shelly underscore Willingham. Uh, Clubhouse. If you're on Clubhouse, it's Shelly, (laughs) W-L-I-N-G-H. And um, I don't tweet. Maybe I need to start tweeting. I don't tweet. But Facebook is also Shelly Willingham. So I would love to connect with your audience. That would be
0: great. That is perfect. And it's the first time actually that Clubhouse has been mentioned on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, So I guess it will start be happening more often now. And I will connect with you there uh, because I love what you have to say. So um, Shelly, thank you very much. It was a big pleasure and thank definitely we'll we'll have to stay in touch.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks for subscribing to Fail Fast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media or even to tell us your story.